if you don't do a good job, you, you, you're not going to be around for long anyway. You know, it's just a prerequisite now that we do a good job. It's not enough to get you to where you, you want to be. And that's the same with, with leadership. You know, you can be a good leader, but if you're not really thinking about what differentiates you, what you're an expert in, and how you build that visibility for yourself, you may just stay where you are. Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast, hosted by Andy Lapata, the show where Andy and his guests explore the many ways in which relationships impact business decisions, make leaders' jobs easier, and help you to progress your career. Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I'm Andy Lapata. Thank you very much for joining me. My guest this week is someone I've known for a very long time, Leslie Everett. Leslie was uh, very active in the Professional Speaking Association and a role model even back when I joined in 2003. Went on to be president of the Global Speakers Federation, uh, relocated about seven years ago to Carmel in California and has uh, built a very uh, strong reputation over the years as an expert in personal branding. In fact, one of the first people, I think, worldwide to, to bring that term onto, onto the global stage. Uh, her book, her first book, Walking Tall, uh, is a superb uh, early, early work on the topic of personal branding. Uh, and she's moved on from there looking at corporate personality uh, since had a subsequent book, Corporate Brand Personality, um, and is a, a real, a true expert uh, in this space of uh, utilising brand and understanding brand personality, whether at an individual or corporate level. So I wanted to look um, in my conversation with Leslie at one particular area of personal branding. And it's something that interests me a great deal. And it's something uh, you could call the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, and for years, people have talked about uh, people being entrepreneurs. So having that entrepreneurial mindset within uh, a large organization and working as an entrepreneur and with business owners, as well as with large organizations. It is always interesting to me when I come across people who have what I would call an entrepreneurial mindset, but are working within uh, a hierarchical, more traditional structure. Uh, and I think that when it comes to this topic of connected leadership, one of the things that really helps leaders to engage in a different way is that entrepreneurial mindset. And Leslie seemed like the perfect person to have this conversation with. So I started out by asking Leslie exactly what she means by the term entrepreneurial mindset and how important it actually is. Yeah, it's it's been it's it's quite a journey really. When I think back to the um the, the days of walking tall and, and establishing that, it was all about projecting yourself authentically and I had a different take perhaps on personal branding to what a, a few people did where it started in the in the US but it's always been about how do we project the best who of who we are authentically and consistently that brings out those real key differentiators and over the years all of that has been refined and honed in to be relevant to what's going on in the world today and what leaders need and really what's happened I've found particularly in the last probably two to three years is that a lot of the stuff that I've been teaching for years through the walking tool methodology is really about entrepreneurial mindset. You know, entrepreneurs have this mindset that has traditionally been typically different to a lot of leaders in, in business. But the stuff I was teaching leaders 
it was really about these things of being visible, being well connected, differentiating yourself, having the confidence to, to, to speak, to be visionary, to see the big picture. And a lot of the coaching and the speaking and the training I was doing was really around these concepts. And I was then starting to hear that, you know, corporates are telling me when, when they wanted to bring me in the things that they wanted their leaders and employees, all their employees to, to start behaving like. And it was this, these elements of, we want people to be more visionary. We want more innovation. We don't want people to just come in and do their job. We want them to be more driven. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, and how do we do that? And a lot of the stuff that I was teaching, excuse me, let me just take a, a drink here. <clears throat> a lot of the stuff I was teaching was really feeding into these key areas. So I started to think, well, entrepreneurial leadership is really what we're talking about here. But it's really just um, evolving from the, the stuff that I've always taught in those areas. So, so what do I mean by entrepreneurial leadership? It is this thinking um, in a visionary way thinking about being part of the, the bigger picture. What is the overall objective? How do I feed into those strategic objectives? How do I build my connections? How do I, you know, things like, how do I get great at presenting? Because that gives me more visibility and presence internally and externally. So it's not just coming in and mechanically leading a team and doing my job every day. It's just thinking a bit, a bit more broadly. So that's really the, the theme of a lot of what I teach today, but it's really bouncing off of what I've always done. How does this fit with the, the, the concept of intrapreneurship? Is it the same thing? Is it the same idea? Or would intrapreneurship be more about treating your division, your team as a business? And, and what you're talking about in terms of entrepreneurial leadership is more as looking at you as an individual leader and, and taking that entrepreneurial mindset. Yes, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, everything that I've, I've, I've done over the years has been very focused on the, the individual. So personal branding, um, leadership branding. And um, my latest book was very much around um, the, the people element of the corporate brand. It's called Corporate Brand Personality. So I've always believed right from the start that people are what makes the brand of an organization. So when it comes to looking at how do we we really reinforce that brand through people, you've got to take it down to an individual level, absolutely, to give people what they individually need to, to shine, to differentiate, to be clear about expertise, to build their own profile and visibility. However, part of that is obviously how you, you lead a team. And I've done quite a lot of work with individual team brands as well over the years within the big organizations. Yes, there's only so much you can do at a, an organization level when it's it's uh, multinational and thousands of um, employees, yeah. but you can work on a team basis and help teams to develop their own team brand. But that very much is all about a collection of individual personal brands. So it's, yeah, I very much have always focused on the individual um, and then look at how that affects the big picture, how that fits into the big picture. The, the the term that's jumping or the two terms that are intertwined that are jumping out at me from everything you're saying so far are visibility and branding and obviously with with your background in personal branding that makes a, a lot of sense uh, and actually this 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 fits quite nicely with a forthcoming podcast we've got with um from someone from, from from the world's biggest branding agency um where we're going to look very much at this 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 type of thing as well so there's, there's quite a nice link between uh between the two discussions when you're looking at 
building the visibility of an individual or a team within an organization that can lead to conflict and it can lead uh, I, I would imagine particularly more traditional hierarchies to uh, internal politics coming into play and, and pushback how much have you seen of that being a problem for your clients uh, and, and how do they navigate that yeah, that's a, that is a good question, because um, when you talk about the word, uh, the concept rather of visibility, you do think about people who are always there, centre of attention, the loudest, have the strongest voice and are always at every social event, corporate event, whatever it is. Um, the way I view visibility is 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 not that a, a, at all. So it's we all have people around us. We, we know that do, that do that. Some do it well, some don't don't do it so well. So it's it's t it's helping people to be. Um, authentic in the way that they're visible. And that that authentic thread has always run through everything I did. It's, it kind of feels like it's overdone today in that people talk about authentic leadership all the time and uh, it still comes out. People want this, people, clients will often ask for this, but it's, it's sort of overdone, but it's always been there ever since I started this. So it's not just about, well, you've got to get out there and you've got to be more dramatic when you present. You've got to go to every social event. You've got to be um, a completely visible on social media and you've got to be doing this. It's not that. It's finding the, the niche that each person is comfortable with in a way that they can be visible authentically. And there's a number of ways of doing that. And if you do it that way, you're not. it's not in conflict. And part of the work I do is looking at how teams can collaborate and bring out each other's strengths, work to each other's strengths in the in the in the team. If somebody else is is pretty confident confident doing this thing because that's their area of expertise, they're happy talking to the media, they're happy talking doing that particular presentation. Then maybe we do that. Doesn't mean that others don't support that and get out of their comfort zone. That's that's certainly not the case. But it's about that team collaboration as well, and how can you shine as part of a, a team? So there's lots of ways of being visible and connected without being that person who um, shouts the loudest and shouts from the, the rooftops. There was a great book by a la lady called um, Peggy Klaus called Brag. I don't know if you've seen it. Holy and the it. subtitle is called uh, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing Your Trumpet or something like that. <laughs> and it, it's, um, it's a really great little book with lots of tips in it. Um, it's a little bit American in places, but it's it's uh, it's great for those introverts who want to be visible and are scared at the thought of visibility because they think it's one thing and it's and it's it's not. So I've got lots of techniques to help people think about visibility. And you know, one of the things is, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will have heard this quote, but it's something that really lies at the root, I think, of a, a solid personal brand and being visible. And that's the quote from Maya Angelou, who once said. Um, I've come to understand that people will forget what I said, will forget what I did, but they'll never forget how I made them feel. And if we can just think about how we make people feel, that's when we start to become visible and memorable for the right reasons, um, if we're doing it authentically and genuinely. Yeah, there's... Um... I think that ties in very nicely with um, one of the things that I talk about, which is in any communication that you, that you you enter into you need to be focusing on the impact on the other person rather than it's not what you want to say it's what they need 
to hear. Um, and, you know, even on something as simple as LinkedIn, when I do LinkedIn training, the first thing I say is, who do you want to read this and what do you want them to think, feel, say or do as a mm. result of engaging with your profile? And it just changes our whole mindset about how we present ourselves on something like LinkedIn, you know, thinking yeah. about our audience and the impact on them. One of the I, 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 I don't talk about personal branding, but I certainly talk about visibility um, in terms of professional relationships and networks. And um, one of the, the phrases that I share um, that probably has had the biggest impact over um, the last few years is an extension of a phrase that I'd heard in many places. So um, many people are familiar with the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, a, a number of uh, speakers in the US, so David Averin was one from a, from a PR perspective who we both know, extended that into it's who knows you. And then mm. my extension on that was and what they know about you and what they say about you when you're not in the room. And that resonates with a lot of people. And I think that probably goes uh, to the heart of a lot of what you're saying in that it is, uh, it, it's not about putting yourself on a pedestal and saying, I'm the best around here, but it's a get about getting people to understand what you stand for and why it's relevant for them. Would that be a fair summary of it? Yeah, absolutely. We take people with us if we're transparent and authentic and people know who we really are. Another great book by a guy called Bill George is called Authentic Leadership, mm -hmm. and he looked at what makes successful leaders today successful. And he found that, first of all, they have a clear set of values. They know who they are. They're clear about what they stand for. And I think sometimes we think we are, but are we really clear about it? Because we get bent in all directions if, we, if we're not careful. And then he, he, he found that they're transparent with those values. So everybody around them knows who they are, what they stand for, and what they, what they think and what they value, what their principles are. And thirdly, they don't compromise on those values. Um, that's a tough bit, especially if, if we're in corporate life. Sometimes we have to compromise, but if we're not focused on what we really stand for, we're not really sure when we're being compromised and we can tend to then be unauthentic and inconsistent. So absolutely, it is those, it, it's, it, it is those things that you're, you're, you're saying there, Andy. It's very much about being, um, it, being transparent with, with, with who we are. And it's, it's something that we're not that great at. And I suppose that really does sit at the core of a lot of my work is helping people to, first of all, identify who they really are and spending time on that and what their real expertise is. Then to articulate what that is, because that's another challenge. We might be sort of reasonably clear, but then articulating that so I can use it in whatever way, form, shape or form, and then projecting that. So that's where the visibility uh, piece yeah. comes in yeah. um, very much so. And it's, you know, one of the things I often say to corporates is the most powerful part of your brand today is what your clients say about your brand to their contacts. And that's what you're saying. It's, it's, it's like who you know, because that's a that's your brand. That's how people, people talk about their feelings and how connected they feel to a brand. They don't talk about the, the, the product so much. They'll talk about the experience in a, in a restaurant, the experience they had when they, they, they flew that airline. And that's what gets talked about, good or bad, and that builds the, the brand. Yeah, there's a lot uh, that you're saying that resonates and, and a lot where I want to dig deeper. I have to choose which path you offer me to follow next because there's so many different ones. Uh, I can see we've actually got quite a crowd watching us on the live stream uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. So if you are watching live, um, please uh, 
put a comment in uh, the comments underneath uh, the video. Tell us who you are, where you're, where you're listening in from. If you've got any questions, I'm happy to, uh, to build them into the conversation with Leslie as well. I think that the, 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 the path I want to follow, and I'm going to bring two together because I think they're very closely aligned. Uh, in fact, almost three together, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, and, and that is authenticity. Authenticity is a word you've mastered better than I have, but you've said a few times. Um, and in addition, you said earlier, it's almost become overused. And then you've gone on to use it probably more than any other word. When I wrote Just Ask, I, I almost went back and did a word search on, on all my interviews because I would say authenticity was the word most used in the conversations I had in researching the book as well. And, and I'm a great believer that words can be overused and, and phrases can become cliches but typically it's for a good reason and it's because they're important and and so i don't tend to deride them for that I, I think it's because we have to pay attention to them very often so let's look at authenticity and i want to look at it in combination with something you touched on towards the end of your last answer which is values because i think if you understand your values you understand what is authentic behavior for you a lot more clearly and if you understand your values, you understand the path that you want to follow or you need mm -hmm. to follow, the message you need to communicate a lot more easily. Now, I've done uh, values courses, uh, particularly with our, our mutual friend, Joe Medwell, uh, but I'm not an expert on values. So tell us more about um, how you approach values in the work that you do and what, what people listening can do in order to really engage with that concept and use that to drive more authentic behaviour. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, something that people often think they know what their values are and they and they don't really. And one of the techniques I use is, well, there's a number of techniques. Um, you know, sometimes when we can think about stuff that really annoys us, that really frustrates us, that screws us up, drives us mad when someone says something, does something, doesn't do something, doesn't say something. Think about the things in your life that really do drive you mad, drive you balmy, frustrate you, anger you, and then flip those over. And that will often give you what one of your real principles or your values actually is. <clears throat> so, for example, if somebody uh, continually is late coming into a meeting, so 10 minutes late, every meeting you have, they're coming in 10 minutes late, really drives you, you mad. Take note of that. Be mindful of that. Flip that over and say it might not be a value of punctuality for me personally. It might be about respect for other people's time. That's the piece that's driving you mad. It's the lack of respect for other people's time. So that could be a very strong value for you if you if you look at it like like that. And I always remember a story of a um, a, a very uh, well known actually CEO who was coaching at the time it was um, CEO at the time of um, a very large nonprofit, global nonprofit, and um, she has now moved on to something else. But she said to me, um, she's a very good presenter. <clears throat> we were working on her brand. And she said to me once, do you know, I've not always been like this. I've not always been extrovert like you might see me now or loving to, to present. She said, um, back in my school days, she said, I was very quiet. And I was about 17 and it was time for, <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong with my voice today. Sorry, Andy. <clears throat> I'll get there. Um, and she said it came, it was a time for the next head girl to be voted in. 
And uh, she said, uh, and there was no way I was going to go for that. It wasn't me. I was quiet. Um, but there was this, this, this girl that was obviously going to get it. She was tall and blonde, attractive, bubbly. Everybody loved her. So it was obvious she was going to get it, but she wasn't necessarily the best person for the role. And she said, and for some reason, I don't know what it is in me, but I, at the time, she said, I stepped up. And I decided to run for head girl. I don't know where it came from. I just did it. And she got the role of head girl. And we were talking through this. And she said, and that's at the point when I had to learn to present because I had to do lots of presentations for the school. And we, we got talking about this. And it came out that when we did the work together that one of her strongest values is fairness. So she will do anything to for the value of fairness for her. And when she thought back to this running for head girl, it wasn't necessarily fair that this girl was going to get the head girl position. It wasn't necessarily fair that that was a foregone conclusion. So she fought against that and did that. And that's become one of her strongest values more openly. And that's what she lives by today. So sometimes we have to think about what drives us mad in the world, in our day to day life and, and flip it over. Uh, it's it's a very simple approach to understanding and uncovering those values, isn't it? Uh, and it's a, it, it, turning a negative into a positive as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that once you understand those values, it, it, there's a feeling of liberation in, in terms of you know that you're you're following a path that is going to suit you, is going to make you happy, and it's going to bring out the best in you as well. Andy's new book, Just Ask, Why Seeking Support is Your Greatest Strength, is out now. Looking at the importance of asking for help and admitting vulnerability, it is an essential read in challenging times. Order your copy from Amazon and all good book retailers now, or visit andylapata.com forward slash just ask. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to the other path that I wanted to, to bring into this conversation on, on authenticity and values. Um, I, I, we're recording this just before Christmas uh, as one of three episodes or the third of three episodes in three days. Um, the episode that we recorded yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast, it may well have come out last week, uh, was with Kelly Molson and Paulina Tenner. And we were talking about how much of your personal life you can share with your professional network. And I think this is very closely allied to your personal brand mm. uh, and, and to, to what we're talking about today. So Kelly um, has become a very well-known uh, a spokesperson for the TTC, the Trying to Conceive Community, and and has took on a mission to stop people asking uh, women at, at, at conferences and events, you know, do you have kids? You know, because you don't know what's going on in the background, for example. Mm -hmm. um, Paulina is very open about having <coughs> been a, a burlesque dancer, uh, about sexual liberation, um, uh, liberal views, sexually liberal views. Uh, and, you know, both of them have come to the conclusion, and I tend to feel the same way, that if you don't like it, then maybe we shouldn't be working together, which is easier mm -hmm. for us. You know, we own companies. I posted a... Um, a, a, a post on LinkedIn yesterday that was a satirical take on what's topical as we broadcast this live, what's going on in the UK with the, the scandal over yeah. whether there were Christmas parties or not at, at yeah, 10 yeah. Downing Street last year during lockdowns. And actually one of my friends who's an accountant messaged me and said, that's really funny, but is it for LinkedIn? And I said, actually, for me, it is. Because a core part of me, my authenticity, mm. is satire 
political political debate but with a sense of humor and whether you yeah. are in favor of our government or against you could still laugh and if you can't maybe we're not <laughs> destined yeah, to gel yeah. together and i think that that's quite an interesting battle as you know as an entrepreneur so I'd appreciate your take on that. And, and it's a question that I asked Paulina and Kelly, and, and I'm going to ask you as well, because I think it fits with this entrepreneurial leadership mindset for people working in large organisations. Is it easier for people who run their own businesses to make those decisions about how much of themselves they reveal? Or is it something we should all consider strongly because it's our personal brand and it's a core part of it? And in, in, in search of authenticity, we have to find the right balance. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fair to say that possibly it is easier for, for, for us. We don't have to be accountable to um, managers and bosses in the same way. We are accountable to our audience and, and who's going to, to book us to share our message. Um, so it's possibly slightly easier, but, but you're absolutely right. It is a core part of what I bring in to any of the teaching that I do, whether that's a keynote training, coaching. It's that personal story those, those personal experiences that actually help to give people a much clearer view of what our brand is and understand what makes us tick and what we stand for. And if we think about um, the, the way I help people with this, if they work in a corporate, is that any corporate today needs to focus on that personality of their brand. Consumers today want to know a bit about what you stand for. It's no longer good enough just to partner with or buy from a company or, or work with a company for a company when you don't know anything about them. That's becoming more and more important to people. And the way we can do that is by bringing out individual stories. And again, that word authenticity, that who are the people that work for us. So I very much help people work on that individual background story. You know, the, the, the story of, of fairness for the CEO I just worked with, we developed the story for that for her that she shares. So people actually understand what she stands for. And as a leader, that's really important for her. You know, the, don't, don't come to me with stuff that's not fair. Fairness is a driver for me. So this is telling people this is who I am. So that, that personal story is, is really important to a level that we're comfortable with sharing it absolutely and in fact one of the things that i'll often start a workshop with is to have people share something that not many people know about them they'll do it in small groups and it's amazing how powerful that is first off they have license to share something that they've never felt comfortable because it sounds like i'm bragging so they can do that and and secondly it's people are going wow i would never have thought yeah. you would have done that and that tells you so much about that person um, that we would never normally get it's, it's, a, it's a really important factor. And while it is slightly easier, possibly, for us running businesses, I'm not, I don't think that's an excuse for people in corporate life. I think definitely they, they uh, need to be bringing that side of their brand out. Yeah, I, I've I've run similar exercises. I've had a whole range of games based around um, yeah. finding out about the individual behind the, the 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 job title over the years. Most of them of them inspired by um, someone I was talking to you about off air, Jackie Barry, who's just put out a book on mm -hmm. all these games that you can create within workshops. Uh, one of them, yeah. which I think Jackie introduced back in the day when I was running networking groups, BRE, and Jackie was one of our area partners, was a snowball fight. Uh, you've just reminded me of this story. <laughs> where everyone it was around this time of year everyone had to write down on a sheet of paper a scrap of paper something about themselves nobody else knew and then yep. scrunch the papers up into snowballs you have a snowball fight and i've done it many times since and on one occasion 
um, you, you basically pick up the piece of paper nearest to you when the, the snowballs finish flying around and you read it out to the group and the group has to guess who it is, who it refers to. And we had the wonderful moment of one of the, it was when we did the networking groups, one of the members, one of the male members picking up a scrap of paper and reading out, I'm pregnant and my partner doesn't even know yet. <laughs> which was probably my favourite. But but what I have seen when, when people do the, 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 this exercise, and I've run it, it since then with many corporates, is that the the quality of conversation between individuals in the room is elevated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because people are interested in the person rather than the job title. And I think that that's something that uh, a lot of people struggle with, uh, particularly who work in larger organisations, because they feel they're less able to share a bit of themselves. So, mm. so, so let's look a, a bit further into that difference between the way entrepreneurs behave uh, with professional relationships and the way that um, people in larger organisations do. Do you think that... Um, entrepreneurs engage with their networks and build those networks in the first place in a different way with a different mindset than people who are working in a leadership role in, in a larger organization yeah I, I do absolutely of course that's a generalization but yes i do absolutely because entrepreneurs really understand the value of connections and being visible and being themselves and being able to share who they are and building those those relationships. I think the relationships thing is, is the most important thing. Whereas people in corporate life generally don't have the same need to do that. They have a job that they're there to be paid to, to do and they don't always see the value in building those those relationships. Yeah. And so yes, I do believe entrepreneurs do it better. So that's why that's part of my teaching. But the value for people in a, a corporate the important thing to get across to them in terms of the value of this is that it 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 serves the the business better as well because there are individuals who say well i'm quite happy being a, a a back office technician and i don't need to build the the relationships a, 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 at all and that's what i do but if you can make it about them and their career and how it helps the business by bringing this element of personality into the business and I can share all of that, that those the, the research around that and all the theory that I have around that, then it helps people to engage with it with a, a, a little bit more rather than, okay, well, maybe this is important for, for the business, but also for me, perhaps it is important for my next career move or if I really want to get on that next project even, that it might help if I am a little bit more um, visible and connected and people in the business know who I am and a little bit more about my expertise. So if you can often find with individuals, if you can get to the what's in it for me factor, so what is it you, you want to achieve? It might not be that next big promotion. It might be that project that I've always wanted to work on or going to work in that country. Then let's look at building your visibility plan around that. But the ultimate thing is that the business today for, is, is all about that, that personality piece, is people understanding you as a business and what you thrive and st what you stand for and what you, you thrive on as an internal culture. Yeah. So that's why we, any business today cannot ignore this piece around personalities and individuals and personal brands within the business. Um, there was a, a, a guy I worked with um, whose name has escaped me right now, but worked for IBM. And... He recognized several years ago, actually, that um, building his personal brand within the business was really good for the business. And I, I wrote an article about this a, um, a few years ago called um, the, the, A New Wave of Branding. 
And it was about individuals within a business giving the tools and the techniques to develop their own really strong individual personal brand or leadership brand that helped them as individuals, but also helped to give a new dimension of personality of the business to the external world, um, which is was needed then. It's very needed now, and it was quite early stages. And this guy, IBM, had done just that, and IBM supported it because they saw that his personality within IBM was going to be um, part of the IBM brand. So they were very happy to support that brand externally as well. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's there. It's an integral part of business today. We can't just hide behind it because we work in the corporate world and say, that's not for me. I, I might be wrong here, but it sounds very much like a, a, a former podcast guest, Andrew Grill. It wasn't. That's Andrew. it, Andrew. <laughs> and thank you for that. Uh, I should have written that down before. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and there's the power of personal brand because as soon as you started you talking about him, I thought that sounds like Andrew, uh, who was on our podcast um, early last year. Uh, oh yeah, last year I think, um, right. or or the year before last. If you're listening to the podcast in February, <laughs> uh, uh, always difficult uh, pre-recording at this time of year uh, yeah that's thrown me off where I wanted to go yes I know where I wanted to go you you said that you could share some of the research and I think this is important because for years I, I've been saying to clients I've had clients come to me and say we want you to encourage uh, members of our team to network more uh, to go out and you know it might be sales to, uh, it might not be sales teams but it might be they want their team to generate more sales and people are thinking well that's not part of my role and and what I, I I've almost invariably said to clients is let me start by talking about why it's important for them to network for their career mm-hmm. and if, if they get that then they'll do it for the business happily because it becomes natural if you ask them to do it for the business then you'll get resistance so i think we're, we're clearly of the same mind when it comes to that i had um, a wonderful moment when i used to just simply say you you won't progress in your career uh you won't get the job that you want you won't get the promotion you seek if you don't have the network and i would mm. always meet resistance and then i came across so i'll share the, the piece of research i use we'll see if it's the same piece um but i'm always interested in, in, in new ideas around this um there's some research by a um, guy called harvey coleman very famous piece of research called pi uh and, and pi uh, was some research Harvey Coleman shared in a book he wrote in the late uh, 1990s uh, around factors that went into promotions. And the three factors he shared were performance, image and exposure. Now, the pushback I was always getting was people were of the opinion that if you do a good job, you get the promotion. And yet in Harvey Coleman's research, performance accounted for 10% of the factors of promotion. Image was 30% and exposure was 60 And if you put that into plain English, if you do a good job, that's great. But if nobody knows about it, you're not going to get considered for the role. But if, if you do a good job and people know what that job is, in other words, image, what people know about what you do, then you're more likely to get it. And then if the right people know and enough of the right people know exposure, you'll secure the promotion. So it, it, when you explain it like that, it makes more sense. That pushback has gone. So yeah, yeah. tell me about the research that, that you've come across and, and, and can share on this. Well, but similar. Uh, I mean, a lot of the research I do, I mean, having been at this now for 20 odd years, I often say, you know, my research is interactive. I can see the results from the people mm. I work with and the promotions they get because of the work we do on their visibility, their profile, 
clarifying and identifying and articulating what their differentiator is, what it is they really do, and then helping them to project that. So I see it all the time in the work that I, I do. And that for me is more powerful than any piece of research that I might read in a, in a book. But um, similar one, Ellery Sampson in her book called, um, I think The Image Factor, um, did a similar thing and it was 10% career factors, three biggest factors in career progression, 10% down to doing the job, 30% down to attitude and behavior, which I re relate to personal brand, and 60% down to visibility and exposure. And it's, and you know, you can break that down and say exactly that, you can prove it. It's not just throwing statistics out for the sake of it. Yeah, it's great. If you don't do a good job, you, you, you're not going to be around for long anyway. You know, it's just a prerequisite yeah. now that we do a yeah. good job. It's not enough to get you to where you, you want to be. And that's the same with, with leadership. You know, you can be a good leader, but if you're not really thinking about what differentiates you, what you're an expert in, and how you build that visibility for yourself, you may just stay where you are doing that job and maybe that's okay but actually people often you know you can get into that inner driver of that compelling reason why I, I need to to do something what does it give me and that's the piece at which I actually start especially when I'm coaching is let's look at the objective what is it that we need to achieve here and why what's the compelling reason for this what's your driver and that can take quite a lot of time to pull out of somebody because it's so often about the that they can't really get into the internal thing. What does it give me if I achieve this? But once you get that, once you get to that point of this is what it gives me, then they get it. And then we can put the plan together yeah. to build the profile, the visibility, the the, the, the brand and all the entrepreneurial leadership um, techniques that are needed there. So it's very much about the, the what's in it for me. Companies need to really wake up to that. This is not, we're not talking sort of sheep dip training anymore, leadership training, going on a management program and everybody doing the same thing. There are many companies still doing that, but I'm finding more and more they're wanting something a little different. I did some work for Harriet Watt University in Dubai a couple of weeks ago. Very much, they, they very much recognize that they need to be doing something different with their internal leaders and um, um, educators now as well it's not just this well let's just put a, a standard leadership program together and 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 do this what do people individually need and that's the way i think we're going it's very much individual personality entrepreneurial mindset let's give people what they need as a person yeah okay let, let's let's change tack uh slightly i want to pick up on something else you talked about much earlier uh, and I, another thing that I think you mentioned three or four times, and that's presentation skills. And, and funnily mm. enough, despite the fact that, you know, it's what I do for a living, i.e. deliver the, the talks rather than teach it, um, it, I don't think it's anything we've really talked about on the podcast before. And maybe it, it's worthy of a full uh, a, a full episode at, at some point. Um, but in terms of this, you know, the topic we're looking at today, the entrepreneurial mindset for leaders in larger organizations, do you see a difference in the way entrepreneurs approach delivering presentations and people in larger organizations? Uh, and what are the key, uh, what are the key creases you're ironing out? Yeah, I do. Um, I do see a, a lot of difference. And I think, um, Presenting often comes down to confidence and that's that can be uh, tapped into in so many ways to, to help people with confidence. So certainly, generally entrepreneurs will have the confidence to present what they're presenting about because they truly believe in the content. Yeah. They're absolutely clear about 
the the differentiation and why this product, this content is 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 important, and they have the ability to share stories often better, or they have the confidence to share those 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 stories. So generally, I mean, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, obviously, who have to be trained to present well and put uh, a structure presentation. But generally, the confidence is there because they are so clear about the differentiation and the mis- the message that they're sharing, which is why they've started out in business in the in the first place. They truly believe in a product or a service or, or whatever it is. And they can they they start from a point at which they they are clear that they are bought into that. They truly believe in it. Sometimes that doesn't always happen in corporate life. So yeah, and the stories there. And I think this is one of the things that people in, in the corporate world often will struggle with is how to build in stories yeah. to presentations. Yeah. And they are so critical to to delivering a compelling and engaging presentation. If we're just delivering facts and content, people could zone out because they can't absorb everything. If you give them a story that really um, backs up the point you're making, lets people really live it in a visual way, um, hear an anecdote or an experience that you've gone through that they can relate to, then they they start to sort of play a movie script in their head a little bit more and, and they remember it and they engage with it and they can sort of download it to the hard drive a little easier than just going on to the next point and the next point and the next point. So I think entrepreneurs generally are a little better at, at, at doing that. Some are brilliant at it. And so that's a very much a technique that I use in coaching to, to help people present. It's, it's, it's so important to, to personal branding and um, entrepreneurial leadership is being able to present a message clearly. Yeah. And, and I, th- I say we haven't covered it on the podcast. We did a, a podcast on storytelling um, with David McQueen and a former VP of Disney uh, right at the very beginning of the podcast and then very very recently uh, with Bob Lefkowitz, uh, the, the Nobel laureate. Uh, we talked yeah. a lot about how he used stories to mentor, to talk to his patients when he was a, a, yeah. a doctor and, and to interpret data and, and some fascinating stories from him and, and he, he was telling stories all the way through through our conversation some very interesting stories um about how you uh you use storytelling effectively to to look at data from different directions uh for example so there's a lot that we can build in there for me it's something uh i believe in a great deal i'm going to throw one more word at you then i've got one more question to to wrap up i think we could go on forever on this i think we (laughs) feel like we're scratching the surface but there's two things i want want to cover so the first one it might be a bit of a curveball it's sort of come again it's not a word we've used in this conversation. It is one of those words that gets used a lot, but I think it underlies a, a lot of what you said. So how important is passion in an entrepreneurial mindset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's an inter- I, I, I do think it's important. If we, if we come across as indifferent to what, with what we're talking about, then you're never going to engage people to listen to what you're saying, take people with you, influence people. So I think passion is, is, is yeah, it's, it's really important. When we're talking about a topic, whatever it is, we need to get that in. However, I hesitate, as you can tell, because I've seen over the years many people saying, as long as you're, you're passionate about something and a business, it'll be successful. And I really don't believe that's the, the case. There's a lot more components to it than, than that. Um, or as long as you're, you're passionate about the, 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 the topic you're talking about, you know, um, and there's some very valid topics 
um, out there. Maybe, you know, there's a lot come across like um, um, being kind in, in business. Great. That's great. Is it really going to, if you're passionate about that, is it enough? You've got to have the business message there as as well. So there's a number of ways of looking at passion. I don't think it's enough on its own, but I don't think you're going to be as successful in getting your message out there and, and successful in business unless you, you have it. But it's, it's a combination of, of things as well. It's making it, it real, solid, taking people with you. And perhaps the passion will come from building in some of the stories and the experiences and the, 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 the background and that yeah. dimension of yeah. you as a person that people don't always get to see. There are ways of building in passion without it being over the top. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think also picking up on, on, on your point that there are people who run very successful businesses or work for very successful businesses selling products and services that as, as a bystander, and I'm being very careful not to give examples here for fear of offending, but as a bystander, you think, how could anyone get passionate about that? And sometimes yeah. it's not the passion about the product or service, it's the passion about the job you're doing to deliver it. Yes, all the difference it's making to the people yeah. that you're delivering yeah. to. Yeah. You know, I often talk about, you know, it's the end result of what it is you, you deliver. And if you're passionate about the results you get from allowing people to understand the technique, the service, the product that you're selling or sharing or the idea you're, you're trying to influence with, then that's when you get the result. And that's when you're making it about the audience mm. and, and the other person rather than you. Great. Okay. So the last thing I, I want to ask you is you've got a phrase that you use around this whole entrepreneurial mindset journey, and that is uh, thinking outside the brand. I, I want to dig into that a little bit. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, I think we've, we've um, covered a lot of, of that, but it really comes back down to um, branding today is, and I've been saying this for, for, for many years, but it really is so relevant today. It's Branding today is not just about the logos and the websites and the sponsorship and all the marketing collateral that millions of dollars get spent on. And of, of course, we need to have that because we've got to build the brand awareness for our, for our business, whatever that, that might be, or our product. So that is important. But today, branding doesn't stop there. For me, it's that piece, that's the piece in the middle. There's a whole ring around that, a, a, a glue and a strength that holds all that together. And that's the, the people. And that's the personality of, of the brand. That's the piece that gets talked about. That's the piece that people feel when they work with you through interactions with people. That's the piece they talk about. They talk about on social media. They'll talk to friends about, and that's what builds our business today for, from referrals and, and the connections that might come in because of that. So it's it's outside of this branding piece of the, the thing that we all think that branding's all about. And I still get people come to me and say, I heard that you do branding. And I'll say, well, tell me what, what it is you, you, you think I, I do and let's just make sure we're on the same page. And sometimes it'll be about, oh, you know, about logos or web, you'll help me with the website. Yeah, we can help with the, I can help with the content for that, but I don't do that side of branding. I leave that to the experts who are brilliant at that. But there is a piece beyond that that comes before the brand. So often um, people will say to me, well, I've got my brand already. What do I, I do, do now? And is it too late? No, it's not too late. We can still take the brand you've got if it's a small business and look at how you inject that personality into it. Or some companies will look at refreshing their brand or rebranding. And then, great, yes, we can look at that. But you can't take away the personality piece today. That's what's going to make you different. That's what's going to make you successful in business because that's the piece that people engage with more than anything. 
so the competencies are, 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 are a prerequisite, as we said earlier, but yeah. it's the personality that really makes all the difference. And that's where the entrepreneurial leadership mindset probably lies, if, if, if I can summarise it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's a nice way to, to round it off. That's why it's important to business, not just for the individual. That's that's great. Leslie, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I, I knew we've known each other for a long time. We've worked together, you know, you bringing me in or me bringing you in on things many times over the years. You never fail to, to fascinate and to deliver. And again, today, um, I'm, I'm delighted to have invited you on. So thank you for joining me on the Connected Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much to Leslie again for that conversation. I, I think it really backed up what I was saying at the beginning about those people that stand out for me within large organisations who have that that different mindset. They tell those stories. Uh, Leslie was talking about they they let their personality shine through. They speak uh, with with a passion. Um, and they communicate effectively what their values are and what their strengths are uh, and what they are trying to achieve and they've got clarity around that. Uh, so I, I thought that was a really important discussion, very useful and I hope that you found it so as well. As ever, if you did find it useful, uh, please do like it, comment, share if you see it on social media, let other people know about it, post a review on, on the podcast podcast channel you listen to it all helps it all help it all goes to, to spreading the news uh, we've got more great interviews coming your way every monday uh, so please make sure that you subscribe and as i say tell others about it and i look forward to seeing you again very soon on the connected leadership podcast thank you for listening to the connected leadership podcast if you found this valuable please subscribe Tell your colleagues and friends, share on social media, and post a review on the podcast channel you use to listen to it. And of course, join us again soon for another interesting interview and great connected leadership tips.